want to say thank you for those of you joining us online. Thank you, uh, Destiny Table New York and all of our online family. I really want to encourage you in this season of uh, particularly gathering online that you would focus in. Put your phones on silent during worship, getting into the Word. I would encourage you to perpetually step into a deeper place of worship in your devotions. Also, give consistently as an expression of worship. It just captivates your heart in moving forward in the things of God. God bless you and excited about what the Lord is doing today in this hour of the church, in our hearts and in your home. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is good. He is a good, good father. So we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12. If you would go ahead and open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. We will get there shortly. But I give you uh, room to flip the pages. Genesis, Exodus, Romans. Tracy and the girls constantly ask me, why? Why do you do that? Why do you say that? Why are you so crazy? <clears throat> part of it is because God made me that way, and part of it is because I just choose not to grow up. <laughs> Growing up's way overrated. Just because you get older doesn't mean you have to get more mature. I've learned that. <laughs> um. There's been something that, that I've been personally experiencing for a good deal of time, and I've longed at different times, ached even in my heart, to know how to help specifically you as our church family experience this. And it's only the Lord that can bring it about. But I, I'm, I'm really asking the Lord that today wouldn't just be a conversation of information, but it truly would be an impartation. How I many know there can be supernatural expression when we gather together? In fact, there should be supernatural expression when we gather together. Uh, Paul spoke in Scripture that he didn't speak with wise and persuasive words, but there was a demonstration of power. And that demonstration of power, I believe, is an impartation, an awakening. It's a supernatural capacity that gets um, stirred within our hearts. And we're not just living religiously, morally upright lives on behalf of Jesus, but we're actually dying to ourselves, experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit within us, giving us words of wisdom, knowledge. We believe the gifts of the Spirit are for today. We believe that you are the sons and daughters of God who hear the voice of God, and we want to grow in a greater understanding of what it is to really hear the Lord and walk in an awareness of what He's desiring to say. So I'm excited. Today I'm going to talk with you a little bit about what's coming in the month of December. Um, but first, I want us to get a little bit of uh, ground under our feet. And I just, I do just sense, I'm, 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 I'm practicing paying attention to the presence of the Lord. I had, I had a pastor friend ask this last week, what does it mean to this watch for grace uh, that we keep saying, keep talking about? 
And it's just paying attention when you sense the presence of the Lord. It's a moment that he's inviting us to a deeper experience, whatever that is, relationally with somebody, uh, an encounter, maybe you're reading scripture. Uh, I woke up at 1.20 a.m. this morning, 1.21. I didn't get up. <laughs> but I woke up, and when I woke up, I looked over at the clock, and it was 1.21, and I just felt a sense of the presence of the Lord. And so I just put my hand on my heart, and I just said, Lord, whatever you're doing right now, I want it. I mean, I just began to just experience him. You, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, instead of just being frustrated that you woke up, maybe it was actually the Lord jostling you just a bit just to say, I love you. I mean, it's just crazy to think what a heavenly father might want to do in terms of encounter and relationship and exchange with us if we pay attention to what he has to say. We're, we're just, we're so hard on ourselves. And we really don't pay attention to the Father heart of God. I, I know uh, this really impacted me. When we were in the other building years ago, Charlie Glaze told me uh, that he got up to have his devotion time, and he's in a, t a place of prayer, and he fell asleep. How many of you have ever done that before? Can I just see raise your hand? You fell asleep in your place of prayer. How many felt like a total loser when you did that before? You know, this is what's so crazy. He said, when I woke up, I felt the Lord was saying to me, I love it when you fall asleep in my arms like that. Come on. He's a father. And I just thank you, uh, Charlie, for your tenderness before our Heavenly Father and, and your enrichment to our church family, you and Dee Dee, as having served as elders and now a mother and father of the house. We honor you and speak a blessing over you and your household in Jesus' mighty name. I think that we really do need to learn how to translate the Father heart of God. He's not an angry Father. <laughs> he's a loving Father. We tend to translate him as an angry Father. Like he's mad. If you mess up, he's going to be mad. It's like he's going to be so gracious. He's going to pick you up. He's going to help you forward. He's going to teach you so you can learn not to fall down so frequently. But even when you fall down, after he picked you up, he's just going to pick you up again. It's the gracious nature of a loving Heavenly Father. So what if, what if you and I could figure out the true source from God of life and blessing? What if we could capture that? If we could understand it, comprehend it, the true source of life from God, the source of life and blessing that's a fountain that comes. What if you and I could capture that? How many of you know we'd be very rich? And how many of you know, even no matter how rich we became, you can't take it with you? Let's all say that together. You can't take it with you. It's actually not true. You can take it with you. You know, I find it interesting in Scripture, um, the disciples want to be great. And did you know Jesus never got onto them and said, I don't want you to try to be great? He simply redefined what great was. And once they understood what was great to serve others, then they could actually pursue greatness in the kingdom of God. The same thing is the case with riches. God wants you to take riches with you. But what you need to understand is in the kingdom of God, true riches are relationships. 
And there is one thing you can take into eternity, and that is the relationship with people that you have won to Christ or that you have loved well and helped them be awakened to the eternal nature of God, coming to know the cross of Jesus Christ as the way to genuine life. Those are the riches in the kingdom of God, and you can take them. I plan for all eternity to enjoy relationships with people that actually have been impacted because of who we are as a church family in various parts of the world, missions, support, I mean, different things that people, you just have no idea. I, I was looking through, and again, thank you for all of your pastor appreciation, you know, that just happened a month or so ago, but I was looking through, and Brad and Stacia in their uh, redemption group, they had people in their group write uh, thank yous to us as a, a pastor family, and there's somebody that doesn't even attend this church that leads a ministry in another church that's a part of their group, and I stumbled on to his letter uh, yesterday, and I began to read it. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about. I can't recall his name, but, but I was reading his letter, and it was like, you've had amazing influence in my life because Brad and Stacia talk about the influence you've had in their life. I, I just started thinking, guys, we're going to spend all eternity learning about the string of influence that God used us to establish in the world around us if we will simply follow the lead of the Spirit. It's amazing, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 years from now, we're going to be enjoying these conversations and interactions. That was you, you, you said that, you did that, you released that, God used you as a church family to bring that, that was you, my life was impacted, my grandchildren became involved in this, and I mean, it's crazy to think about this. True riches are not the money and wealth of the world, true riches are relationships. And you can take relationships with you into all eternity if you will learn to be led by the Spirit and love others well. Such an important reality for us. Relationships are this treasure that I'm talking about that will unlock the very life of God and produce blessing and flourishing, making us rich or enriching us. How many of you know when God, sometimes God wants to take you into a new dimension of life, he does so by introducing you to a new person. Have you ever found that? Sometimes it's just one connection that will take you to the next dimension. You meet somebody, and that's going to lead to a job opening. You meet somebody, and it's going to lead to meeting somebody. You, lead, you meet somebody, and it's going to uh, result in a conversation that produces an idea that takes you down a different course of life and completely awakens the eternal purposes of God for what's ahead. I mean, this is amazing. This is how God works. This tapestry of relationships is phenomenal. And amazing how the Lord orchestrates all of this because before he formed us in the womb, every single one of us, he knew us. He foreknew us. He predestined us. He prepared us. And your relationships, your friendships, I just think of the friendships in the room, <laughs> how deeply grateful I am. How deeply grateful. Like the real, true, deep, meaningful friendships. I felt the Lord was saying this to me in worship. I don't really know how it fits, but I've kind of given up on trying to really preach great sermons. <laughs> I just want to be sensitive to what he's saying. And I'm just going to tell you, we live in a very hypersexualized culture. 
And the Bible says David loved Jonathan with a love that was beyond the love of a man for a woman. Hear what I'm saying? This man loved another man beyond the romantic love that a man and woman experience in their encounter. Now you take that and you dissect that and evaluate that. And what you need to understand and what we all need to embrace, particularly in a hypersexualized culture, is the concept of a deep, meaningful relationship is the fulfillment in consummation. Because we're such a sexualized culture, our idea of a relationship is ultimate relationship ends or concludes sexually. And that's the, that's the deepest form of intimacy you can have is to have a sexual relationship with someone. And that's not even biblical. You are not a sexual being. You are a spiritual being with sexuality. In the same way you're not a human being having a spiritual uh, experience you're a spiritual be being having a human experience in the same way don't reduce yourself to your sexuality as the ultimate expression of your life there's a spiritual intimacy when we did a few years ago Tracy and I spoke together on a, a Valentine's Day she said something and man it just impacted me she said we, we understand in marriage relationships that there's sexual intimacy but you really should explore spiritual intimacy <laughs> I mean I just remember walking away from that just thinking man that's that's really challenging to think about what that's supposed to look like. There's no greater power. Last night, Tracy and I just laid in bed. I reached over and grabbed her hand, and we just began to pray. I just said, let's just listen and pray. We just laid there, and we were silent, just listening as the Lord was just interacting with us, lying in our bed, in our bedroom, and just listening. And we just began to pray and declare what we sensed God was saying. I want you to know there's something powerful about that level of, of spiritual uh, intimacy. And you don't have to be married to experience the deepest form of spiritual intimacy with somebody else. And it can be a same-sex spiritual intimacy that doesn't have to be sexualized. I just want to break spirit. I want to break sexual perversion right now in Jesus' mighty name off of our minds and off our way of thinking. I break that. I break the spirit of pornography and I break that sexual bondage in Jesus' mighty name that would cause same-sex attraction to be perverted. Because you understand, even same-sex attraction is not something that God is against. He's bringing people into deep, meaningful relationship. But don't cross the barrier and think that that, that relationship being sexualized is okay. It's not. Sometimes we just need to make a declaration that flies in the face of our cultural ideology because it's biblical theology and we want to embrace the reality of God above the reality of what's happening in the culture. And let me just tell you, our children are being ravaged by these ideas and we as parents better rise up and know what we are and who we, who we stand for and what the Word of God says about these circumstances and situations that our children will grow in a deep sense of conviction that it will understand it's not about preferences, it's about conviction. This doesn't, what we have to understand is that this is like a perversion to keep us out of the deeper connection God wants us to have. And this is, this is the, the treasure that I'm talking about. This is the source of riches, this relationship. I'm, 
I'm good at relationships to some degree. I'm good at managing a lot of relationships in every direction. I, I'm, that's just something that's natural for me. I literally look across this room. <laughs> I know some of those who are online. I think about you when I pray and prepare. I come in here sometimes and sit in your seat. Some of y'all sit in the same seat every single week. <laughs> sometimes I come sit in your seat and I pray for you and then you don't sit there and somebody else gets your blessing. I don't know how it works. But I, I really care. I, I love it in the lobby to be able to see people. I love to hug. I'm sorry. I know not everybody likes to hug. I, I, I really, I, I like, that. That, that's really my mode. But what, what the Lord's helped me to understand is actually he's taking all of us into a deeper place. It's not about latitude of broad numbers of people. It's about meaningful connections. And you've got to learn to discern who God is calling you to and devote yourself to that deeper sense of interaction transparency vulnerability confess your faults one to another and pray for each other so that you can be healed something of heaven gets released in your heart when you grow in a deep meaningful connection with another believer and there there's something there from heaven that gets released in the earth only only through your willingness to go deep Psalms 133 Verses 1 through 3 is this incredible text of Scripture. And you'll know it because we hear it all the time, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. But what we don't do is continue in the verse. It talks about the dew coming down the mountain. And then the latter part of this, verse 3, it's so wild. Uh, the text says how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And then it says in the conclusion of this declaration, for there, there is where... This unity, this relationship, this deep connection, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. This place of unity where we devote ourselves to being connected. I'm glad you're here. It's great to see you. I'm glad you're online. I'm glad you're with us. It's wonderful that we're gathering here, but I'm just telling you right now, this is only one stage of the deeper, more meaningful relationship God wants you to have with the body of Christ. Gathering in this room or gathering together is wonderful, and that serves the purpose of our coming together because I'm telling you, this atmosphere grows giant killers. And I thank God for this atmosphere. We don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together because something gets triggered and released within our hearts. But there is another level of connection where we're not just shoulder to shoulder watching a platform encountering God, but we begin to get nose to nose looking at each other encountering God. And we need both of those kinds of encounters with God if we're going to be spiritually well. This place of unity, this is where the Lord bestows blessing. How many of you want the blessing of God? I mean, you know, unity takes work. It's interesting, isn't it? We're having this conversation right now. I'm, I'm walking this morning and praying. Um, it's been, it, don't, uh, don't freak out when I say stuff like this. People get um, concerned for me and, oh, pastor, I'm not a fragile little flower. I've been involved in this for a while uh, and so you know I'm resilient I know how to share whenever I'm dealing with struggles with the right people who really help me and strengthen me and walk through but this morning I, I just was praying into the morning and man it was just so heavy 
I mean, such a burden. I actually went to find Tracy and just ask her to pray for me, but she was pretty detained. And so I just kind of left it alone and just came in here, just was before the Lord. And then I, I opened my, my email, which is a really bad thing to do when you're about to walk up on a platform. Because in my email, there was a, a message somebody sent me today. Isn't it interesting? I'm talking about relationships, and I get this, this message from somebody today that's filled with anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. I mean, I'm, I am a horrible, horrible person type of email to me. I'm, my mom's not going to like this, I'll tell you right now. She'll later say, you tell me who that is, I'll go get him right now. <laughs> I'm fine. We're all on a journey. We're just trying to find our way. The more I die to myself, the more I can bless somebody who curses me, who can't seem to forgive me. The less I die to myself, the more I want to justify myself and explain myself. And the Lord's trying to take us to a deeper understanding of the, various, the, the very nature of Christ in the way we walk this stuff out. And relationships truly matter. Don't you let the enemy sift you. I, I've just, I'm just kind of freestyling right now. I just this week was reading about uh, the, the, the debt that was forgiven. You know, Jesus gives this parable. And I referenced it last week, you know, the, the smaller debt and the larger debt. And the larger debt's forgiven. The guy goes out and he doesn't forgive somebody else. And, and then, like, once he's been forgiven, then he doesn't offer forgiveness. And what happens? He loses his forgiveness. And Jesus says these words. This is the way it is with my Father in heaven. I, I was reading that this week and I just thought, that's a pretty intense statement. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't forgive others, no matter how you feel they've betrayed you, done you wrong, if you don't forgive others, it's not that you're not forgiving them, it's that you're congesting the forgiveness that your Father desires to provide to you. Because if you don't forgive others, He does not forgive you. You, you might not like this, but it's biblical. Let me point you to another portion of Scripture. Forgive us our debts. Oh, I wish he hadn't put that little clause. <laughs> forgive me, Lord. That, I can get that. But forgive me only so much as I'm willing to forgive others. That's the measure of forgiveness I receive. And then when you finish the Lord's Prayer, did you know there's only one portion of the Lord's Prayer that Jesus reiterates out of the Lord's Prayer? And you know what it is? forgiveness and when you're going to worship the Lord and you remember that you've got unforgiveness or ought in your heart towards a brother or a sister what does the Bible say don't even bother worshiping go make it right relationally and then come bring your offering and worship to the Lord you can dice that up however you want but I'm just telling you right now the grace of God is contingent on your willingness to be gracious into the lives of others. It releases something in you when you're gracious to people around you. Come on, why don't you just clap your hands, let's all agree. We just declare, we stand in a place of forgiveness. Come on, we just let some things go. Some of us need to let some things go. Come on, we just honor Jesus who willingly, lovingly forgave us when we did not deserve it. 
And then he called us to the same standard of willingly, lovingly forgiving others who do not deserve it, but we extend it because we received it. In the name of Jesus. How many of you have been done wrong before? Can I hear an amen? You're going to be done wrong again. We live in a fallen world, but we serve a risen king, and we need to learn to function according to the very nature of Christ. And if you don't do that, you're going to live your life in bondage. And I want to break that spirit of unforgiveness that, that injures relationships that should never have been injured. Travel light. Let it go. Stop carrying this heavy burden he never intended for you to carry in your life. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. Not agreement, unity. What's the difference? Agreement means we have to see eye to eye on everything. Unity means we're devoted even when we disagree, we're still unified. How good and pleasant it is when we dwell together in unity. We can have distinction without having to have division if we're willing to embrace unity. For that place of unity where we walk in this posture of saying, Lord, this is about you. This is about your kingdom. This is not about my childish feelings. This is not about my immature, insecure reactions. This is about a mature God who gave up everything out of heaven to come and walk on this earth and die on a cross and be raised from the grave to release the resurrection power within us to let some things go. For there the Lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore. That's where the Lord, if you live in the presence of bitterness because you allow it to breed in your heart and you are lacking the blessing and life forevermore. You'll live in less, you'll just live with less than life according to what God wants you. I don't know, the Lord's just chiseling at something, isn't he? It's like, anybody ever play on the monkey bars? And you're, you know, between two bars and you let go of this one and you swing to that one, right? And then you're swinging back and forth and you let go and you swing to that one. I could do that when I was a kid. I can't seem to do that so much now. I don't know if it's because my body weight is bigger than my arms can handle. I don't know. But, you know, the thing about if you're going to grab this bar, I want you to watch. If you're going to grab this bar, you've got to let go of this one. There's some things you will never embrace if you do not release that which is behind you in your life. This year, the Lord just hitting this issue so hard today. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. This word life is an interesting word. It's a broad latitude of the word life. It actually speaks of the general fountain of life from which all of God's life flows into all of humanity. It's a powerful word, life. This kind of life actually sustains you. This kind of life actually uh, awakens you and causes you to flourish. And everything you touch has this life. Do you know that God desires for all of us to live in this kind of life? But there's so many petty little things that he get, the enemy gets us distracted by, focused on. Dis, I mean, just living without any real emphasis where God desires for us to go. Not really bringing life because you made me mad and, and I didn't get my way. Or you said this and... and, and 
Listen, I don't have an axe to grind with anybody in the church. This is probably one of those messages that needs to be spoken in most churches in the United States of America, particularly in the Western world, where for some reason so many Christians don't seem to carry the characteristics of the very nature of Jesus Christ, and we need to change that right here, right now. That's who we are. We want to be Jesus followers. Uh, that should have had much more of an eruption of applause, but I know it's offensive to the, the I know it's offensive to the nature of humanity that wants to resist this because the Bible speaks of the hostilities within us that war against the nature of God. And if you don't feed the nature of God in places of prayer and the word and the gathering and coming together, then the hostilities are stronger than the nature of Christ. But God's calling us to deal with the hostilities and grow in the nature of Christ where we die to ourselves. So that's why I want to begin my message today. <laughs> With the title, Relational Movement. <laughs> the kingdom of God and Christianity is a relational movement. It is a relational movement. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, and, and this is a word uh, from our apostolic team in England that we work with. It's not, it's not my uh, original prophecy, but I, it bears witness, and I, I heard great confirmation to this. Esther Upple actually presented this to us not too long ago, and I just want to say to you, we are coming into a time of spiritual birth. How many of you know people are about to get saved? People that you've been praying for are about to get saved. We are coming into a time of spiritual birth, and this is what she said, but if we are distracted, we will lose our spiritual focus, and we will not have the strength that is required for the birth that needs to take place. It's a, it's a caution to us. Much strength is gained from growing deeper together in Christ in relationship with each other and in relationship with God. And it's just been unusual, and, and Tracy's kind of watched this happen, but through COVID, you know, all of a sudden we all met these, all came face-to-face -face with the Zoom meetings, and, and Zoom meetings did a lot, uh, you know, in, in terms of just being able to identify and relate to people by screen on a little bit deeper level than we could before we were forced into that. And, and so I've been, for, for two years, I've now been meeting with pastors uh, every Wednesday and every other Wednesday, I spend three hours in the morning on their time zone, so it's early in the morning, three hours in meetings with pastors in England, India, and the USA, and just these, these interactions uh, with these individuals. And, and, and we're starting to understand what we read about in Scripture when they're speaking most likely of the Apostle Paul's vision that was impaired. And they said, if we could take our own eyes out and give them to you, we would. We're starting to understand that depth of relationship where I want so much for you, everything God desires for you, that if I can sacrifice to see you further in the purposes of God, these pastors that we're interacting with, something powerful has started to emerge out of our connection and our relationship. It's like the ancient well of life has been tapped into because of our deep intimacy and unity where God is declaring and bestowing blessings in life forevermore out of these interactions. One pastor's wife 
told him uh, about a month ago that he was going to leave the house and, and he goes to the office to join us for the, the Zoom call and, and his wife began to calculate how long it took him to drive to the office and he said, she literally pushed me out the door this morning. And, and, and we were kind of confused. Why would she push you out the door? He said, because she has heard such a difference in my voice. She has seen such a difference in my preaching. She has observed such a difference in our home life. As a result of our gathering together, she did not want me to be late to that meeting. She pushed me out of the house and she said, you go get online with those guys. I want this for you. I'm experiencing this in my relationship with the Lord, and I want this for you. And this doesn't happen just by coming together and gathering together and being token about general relationships. This happens when you devote yourself intimately to spiritual intimacy and making community connection with people that God wants you to grow deeper in relationship with. For there is life and blessing that comes from God. So I'm going to read this verse out of Romans 12. But I, I want to read it out of the message. And I want to explain something before I read it. When you read the message Bible, sometimes you're thinking, does that really say that? You may have read the, the message Bible before. It's, it's not a translation. You need to understand that. In fact, the author, Eugene Peterson, didn't ever intend for people to read the Message Bible as a holy writ of Scripture. But it is a great paraphrase. And, and I just I want to present it to you because I think it's important for you to understand kind of a spectrum of translations. And so if you'll pop that up, uh, these are the spectrum of translations that you can uh, just kind of take a look at. Which translations uh, have, uh, you know, are word for word. If you look down on this end, you'll see the best thing you can do if you want to study word for word scripture is look at the interlinear Bible. And literally that's every word with the Greek word or Hebrew or Aramaic word right above the word in the progression. And it's not, not a lot of fluidity because it's just word for word. But then you see the other translations, uh, New American Standard, English Standard Version. Those, those are just going to be top notch. In fact, New American Standard, the reason I like that is because when they add words for clarity, they put little parentheses around it. And so you know when they're adding something in there so that you can understand what's being said. But this is the word for word translation. Translation, and then we go in the middle more thought for thought. This is where we find like the New International Version. And then down here, it's the paraphrase. And this is just general ideas of Scripture that we are communicating, and, and you're going to see the message. Notice it is all the way down on the far right. And so you just need to understand the spectrum. By the way, you see the red boxes, the New International and the English Standard Version. Um, those are the two versions we use for the journaling Bibles that you can uh, acquire in the lobby. A lot of people bought Bibles last week, and uh, Tracy got online to order more. And I just I want you to understand something in terms of this. It's important to me that you know the heart behind what we're doing when we're selling something in the lobby. Don't come kick the table over and kick the money changer out. She's my wife. <laughs> like, what happens is she sells those Bibles. She got online this week, and we're paying $40 a Bible. We're selling them to you for $25 a Bible. So, I mean, we're, what we're trying to do is invest in you, in our church family, and say, let's get in the Word together. Let's get our kids in the Word together. 
and we can do that sort of thing because we give. And so let me just encourage you in this moment just to say, learn what it is to sacrificially bring your tithe and your offering before the Lord your God as an act and expression of worship. Be a great place for thunderous applause to break out in the church where we, we thank God for the opportunity to actually worship with our giving. Every time we increase, we come face to face with the reality of God's call that giving has always been a part of worship that breaks materialism off of our lives. And so I would encourage you to find the giving station or text give to the number that shows up on the screen and, and you know, do this as an act of expression of worship. And the kingdom of God expands as a result, and that's a beautiful thing. But even more importantly, your heart is what gets captivated in the midst of worshiping the Lord with your increase. This is about worship. And so I want to I read this worshipful expression of Romans chapter 12 from the message. And you can kind of follow along in your translation if you'd like. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, this is present your bodies as living sacrifices. That's what this is translating out of. Take your everyday life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Renew your mind, and you'll be transformed. That's what this is translating for us, uh, idea for idea. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. It's amazing. I love that expression. Your everyday life. And just give your everyday life as a sacrificial expression to the Lord. See what God does may do in the midst of it all and that's what I want to ask you to do this week love others well take your life your everyday walking around going to work being a neighbor life and don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you allow the culture to begin to define you but allow the Lord and his word to bring the definition of who you are in your identity before him out of that carry the cross of Christ sacrificially so I do just feel um, just a prompting of the Lord as we wrap things up this next month Tracy began to speak to me um, maybe three four weeks ago she felt like the Lord was saying this encounter is the focus for us, not entertainment. The last thing we want is entertainment. The first thing we want is encounter. In the month of December, I just believe next Sunday is the first Sunday that we're going to gather uh, in, in the month of, of December. And I believe that we're going to encounter God. Uh, I, you can tell I'm struggling with even how to pull the sermon all together. And, and I, I'm, I'm unashamed of that and 
and unrepentant of it. I, I just want us to do what the Lord is asking us to do. So let's just pay attention, slow it all down, and experience God, encounter God. So what we're going to do in the month of December, since it's Christmas, is we're going to focus on understanding that unto us a child is born and uh, a son is given. And how many of you know God is with us? And so we're going to really grow, and here's the graphic for this, uh, this next month, and we're going to focus in on this. We're going to grow in a deeper awareness of the nearness of God. He is with us. He is here. Everybody say it with me. He is with us. He is with us. Like he's in the room. And we want to grow in a deeper awareness of the nearness of God. And I want to challenge you how to grow in that awareness as we walk this out. But part of that is just understanding that he loves you and wants to love others well. And so I would encourage you, watch for grace. Follow favor. When you're in a moment of conversation and interaction and you sense the Lord might be in that moment, pay attention, listen. Just go a little deeper relationally. Take the time to go a little deeper relationally. If you wake up in the middle of the night, just stop for a moment and just think, is this the Lord? It might be pizza, but it might be the Lord. And if it's the Lord, just pay attention. I've started to do this. I don't know why, but I just kind of tap my heart. Whenever I feel like this, a sense of the Lord, I just kind of tap my heart. Just, I'm, I'm just kind of cooperating in that moment where I just sense there's something here. And I just want my heart to be attentive. And so, you know, whatever it is for you, in that moment you're sensing the Lord, just pay attention. And, and listen, I, I had somebody tell me that they, you know, it'd be great for, as we're encountering God... For you to have the opportunity when you sense that relational entrance and that grace of the Lord in a conversation to actually invite somebody to come and encounter God in a space of worship with your church family. But I want you to, to hear me out on this. Let's hear that all the way through. Because I had somebody share with me, they invited their neighbor. And having invited their neighbor, it took a conversation from how's the weather to the spiritual things of God. Regardless of if they came to church or not, it opened the doorway for conversation about the deeper reality of God. So I'm just saying to you, pay attention in a relational moment when you sense the grace of the Lord. Pause and go a little deeper, and in that moment, just pay attention to the way the Lord might want to stimulate that conversation. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and uh, the commission, the challenge for you this week is dinner for six. We haven't talked about this in a while, but ministry is a lot easier than we think. And Jesus seemed to always be involved in a meal when he was having, you know, when ministry was taking place. So many times it involved eating. And how many of you eat? This is just coming off of Thanksgiving. How many of you need to repent for gluttonous eating? I know I do. Uh, we all eat. And you understand just getting around the table with people is a great way just to make that connection. And so, dinner for six, uh, would you pop that back up, that graphic? Dinner for six is this idea of uh, just inviting my household, invites this household, and this household, and three households come together. If there are three couples, that's six. If, somebody, if it's three singles, that's three. It's three households, and what I'm doing is I'm introducing these two households relationally in a table. And so it might be good if this household is another Christian family that we pray for that household before we get them to a dinner table and then we get them to a dinner table. And listen, this is so very important. 
You're not getting them there to change them. You're getting them there to love them. And you're watching for grace. You're not forcing anything. If the moment affords the opportunity to talk about the deeper realities of God, then step into that relationally. But you're not trying to change anybody. We are not called to change anybody. We are called to love everybody. And a world loved well will come to know the love of our Heavenly Father. For God so loved the world that he sacrificially gave himself. So that's your challenge this week, dinner for six. So let's just pause for a moment just with um, Joe playing a little bit of background music for us. And my, my thought here was just to say, just calm your thoughts, listen to God, Who's the Lord placing on your heart that you can reach out to this week? And that's a good thing for you to ponder and consider. But I think in light of, um, take, take some time with that this week. I would ask you to. God will bring people to mind. Just reach out, encourage them. Coffee, meal, whatever that looks like. But I just, I feel the Lord's just really wanting to address some of the deeper things that he was stirring earlier on and so I just want you to calm your thoughts and listen to God just for a moment we're not going to take very long with this but I want you just to take a moment and I want you to think is there somebody you need to forgive is there something you need to let go of and God knows better than you don't just say I'm good God knows your heart on a deeper level than you know your heart. So just pause for a moment and just listen. Is there somebody that you need to forgive? And allow the Lord to tell you if that is the case or not. Just as we stop talking, we're just going to listen. Calm your thoughts and hear what he has to say. Lord, you're taking rooms full of consumers who love listening to a minister, causing us to become rooms full of ministers who love listening to God. And the key to hearing what God desires to say is the willingness to hear what He wants to say more than what we desire 
for him to reveal. So we just declare that Psalms 139 declaration. Lord, search our hearts, know us. We know that you don't need to know us for your sake. The only reason that's a prayer in Scripture because we need you to know us for our sake and help us see what it is that you see when you search us. So I pray, Lord, you'd help every one of us in the room deal with anything that needs to be dealt with in the realm of unforgiveness today. Every person online listening, just evaluating. Help every single one of us, Lord, just let go. Let it go and live again in Jesus' mighty name. Let's ask if there's a specific situation that has come to your mind that you know God is asking you to let it go, then just stand to your feet. We just want to stand as a declaration that we're standing in the grace of God. We're letting some things go today that will no longer have any type of a hold on us. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, we surrender our hearts to you. We just let some things go that we've held on to that we shouldn't have. It's congesting the grace of God in our own lives, and we many times don't even realize it because we feel so justified. In the name of Jesus, thank you for your grace, Lord. Just waves of grace washing over us today. In the name of Jesus. Anybody else, just stand to your feet if that's you. There's something about just an act of obedience that really releases something. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, can we all just join together as one family and stand to our feet if you're able? Lord, we bring our hearts and our lives before you. We thank you that when we did not deserve to be forgiven, you chose to forgive us. You came, you lived, you died on that cross. Not merely dying for our sins, but actually becoming our sins and killing them to death through your own death on the cross so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You are the Savior of the world. Come on, if that's your prayer and you declare that in agreement, would you say real loud, amen. <laughs> he is Lord. He is Lord. Come on, we're just going to take a few moments and just press in to worship this King who's worthy of our praise. And I want to invite our worship, or, or sorry, our prayer team just to make their way to the back and as we just take a few moments in worship if you need anybody to stand in agreement with you about anything that's going on in your life you're walking through difficulty you're dealing with something that you just don't want to deal with on your own or you want to stand on behalf of somebody else then would you come join us at the back as a part of the prayer team so we can just agree with you in a place of prayer and intercession Lord I pray these moments where our hearts are stirred and we sense something of your spirit but the temptation is just to close and conclude and turn around and walk out. And Lord, would you help us seal 
what you want to reveal in our hearts as we just take a few moments together as a family and we worship into the atmosphere that you're releasing that we might carry that through the course of the entire week in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's press in just a few more moments.